back everyone. Today is Saturday, April 3rd, 2021, and we welcome you to the Undecided Podcast. My name is David Hong, and I'm here joined with my co-host Daniel and Jonathan. How are y'all doing? Pretty good, David. Pretty good. How was your week? Uh, it's getting back to school. Started the quarter. <clears throat> it's been pretty, pretty chill. How was your uh, snowboarding trip? Oh, that was really fun. Yeah, um, I went to Colorado for the first time, and it's much different than I expected. I thought it would be like the dunes, like nothing there, but there's a lot of, it was like very, the city was huge, and there's a lot of people. It was very different from what I expected. How was the uh, whole mask situation in Colorado? Uh, people were pretty respectful about that, actually. Probably more respectful than back at home in SoCal, like in the beach area where no one wears masks. Isn't it really annoying that you have to wear a mask and then it fogs up your glasses and goggles while you're snowboarding? Actually, when I was snowboarding, it didn't really fog up the goggles at all. Um, yeah, maybe for glasses it's a problem, but for goggles it wasn't much of an issue. Do you snowboard regularly, or is that your first time? That was like my third time, fourth time. Do I could I could officially say I went down a black diamond. Nice. Dude, we should go because we all snowboard then. Me, you, yeah, John. Do it. Yeah. Maybe next year. How was your week, Daniel? It's been great. Um, we didn't record a podcast last week. So over the course of two weeks, it's been very busy on like the school work front. But it was a like, good kind of busy. You know, it's like I didn't mind being busy. Um, and then I also like on the social front, it's been been pretty good. Been catching up with friends from school, from college, as well as uh, high school. So it's been a while since uh, I ventured out of my house. So it's been nice just talking, catching up with people. I actually uh, started surfing for the first time. I surfed twice since the last time we talked. How is that? I want to yeah, learn. So I went with Noah, Jeffrey, Ryan, our high school friends. And it's really fun because even though like I'm not good at it and I fell a lot, I think just having people like failing with people and like bonding over that, like, you know, hardship, it makes it a lot more durable. It's exhausting. You know, surfing is really exhausting, but I don't know when you get it, it feels euphoric being able to, I felt like Jesus, like I was like on the water. Oh my God, I'm standing up like on the water. I feel like Jesus, but that was my experience. And you guys should definitely come out looking for, for a fifth person. So yeah, this town. summer, let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. I'll be back in California. So awesome. Every weekend we're going to practice. Awesome. How was your week, Jonathan? I was all right. Um, lighter week, but actually breathed this time, but things are ramping up again. And I'm learning how to do more independent code. I think there's a difference between academic schoolwork code and then code related to like individual projects because once you start working with like open source code that's when you're just out in the open and there's like very little organization involved so i've been learning how to organize all the code yeah sounds pretty awesome yeah so the topic for today's podcast i was just thinking about it while i was listening to not overthinking great podcast by the way yeah and they were talking about this instruction manual for life. They referred to it as the um, big reference manual for life. And it kind of got me thinking about how we are able to design our lives in a way that 
can build a more well-lived and joyful life. And I was thinking, I wanted to open up the discussion by talking about what it means to you guys to live a well-lived life, first of all. So let's say that you already designed your life already and you lived your life, that design life. What is that life like? Yeah, it's a very interesting question. I think I have been thinking about this over the course of the year and I've really just introspected and just sat down with myself and thought, what are my values and uh, what do I want to take away? Like, what do I want to accomplish in this life? What do I find like fulfilling? And the conclusion I, I got to was I really enjoy being able to learn new things, pick up hobbies. Um, I've always liked um, the idea of, you know, life discovery. We've all, always been talking about that. And through, throughout my life, I want to be able to say that I learned all these different skill sets um, and I was able to work at them over time and try to master them. And another thing I also find fulfilling is being able to teach those skill set to people who are like also like on that path and want to um, like improve in whatever that is. So, you know, some people I've talked to, they, they are passionate about like a certain thing and they want to just, they spend all their drive and motivation into that one thing, but I value more multiple different things and I'm trying to get good at all that at once. So I guess that would be my answer. This is like kind of a hard question to answer just because it's something I feel like I'm still in the process of finding, defining what makes a fulfilling life or like what's my ideal life. Um, but these days I've been thinking about it too. And I think right now at this point in my life, it's just trying everything that um, I want to do and not being held back by just being lazy and just being in my comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point about trying as many things as possible. I think one of the biggest things in figuring out um, what makes you happy is to try a bunch of stuff, you know, and knowing the kinds of stuff that you like, I guess their attributes, like, why do you like snowboarding? Oh, I like snowboarding because there's a low moment where you are just one with your snowboard maybe that's the feeling you like and then you start looking for other things that give you that same feeling right or maybe you like reading okay why do you like reading oh i like the feeling of just feeling detached from society for a little bit and getting engrossed in a book and then you go out to look for things like that yeah i think i've been also trying to do the same trying to understand why I like certain things. I have a bunch of hobbies like snowboarding, like making coffee, like coding, like there's one other really big one that I'm forgetting. Oh, drumming. Right. And I was wondering why I like these stuff. And one thing I found in common across all of them is that it doesn't require it is a sense of detachment from like my everyday life. It's me getting away from everyday life. And you just focus on a little microcosm of it. You don't have to worry about the big questions out in the world. You just focus on the task in front of you. And so 
I was wondering what kind of things make you happy in life and why do you think you are drawn to those things? I think you're like dancing around like the values term, trying to figure out what you like. I think that ultimately depends on what you value. So for example, uh, I value like education or picking up things and trying, trying new things. I guess that's what I value. And what was the question again? What makes you happy and why? What makes you happy and why? Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it comes down to, into what you value. I don't really know how to answer the question on why do you value those things? Maybe that comes from your, your background and your upbringing. Maybe it's what your parents valued or what people close to you valued. And like, that's why you pick up values. Or I guess then, I guess you can answer if you know what your values are, what are some things that you do that align with your values that you find enjoyable? Okay. Recently, I've been going to the gym a lot. And I, I guess like that's a hobby that I enjoy. And that's something that I would like to continue to do in the near future, as well as like, you know, 5, 10, 15 years down the line. I don't want to be like a meathead or anything, but, you know, just staying physically active. I think, I guess health is one of my values. So that brings me joy. That brings me happiness. Like knowing that I am doing these small tasks every single day to improve, you know, the long, my long-term health, my future self. I'm, I'm training for my future self. So that is an example of, you know, am I even answering the question? I'm sorry. I keep forgetting. No, I mean, it's kind of an open-ended question. You can kind of take it for whatever you want. How about you, David? What are things that you like to do? Why do you think you're drawn to those things? I was thinking about it, right? And like, I was thinking of the valleys and all that, but uh, I don't know, man. When I was thinking of the hobbies, I was like thinking, oh man, I like playing soccer. I like, I like playing video games. And then like, I was thinking of the values. I'm like, but what, why do I like this? I just, I like it because I like playing soccer. And like, it's kind of hard to think of the, the values. But as I was thinking more about it, do you think um, hanging out with friends is a, is a hobby? Is that a hobby? Like hanging out with friends? Yeah, that's um that's what I was actually gonna bring up like later. I feel like who you choose as friends, who you choose as friends kind of shows you what kind of values you have. You surround yourself with people who are driven, motivated, like want to change the world or are very altruistic and love giving back and, and teaching and stuff. I feel like if you align your values with that person, you ultimately mm-hmm. become friends with them. So who are you friends with, David? What are your friends like? I feel like I have like different friend groups too, and they all have like different values. Like there's like certain certain friend groups, like such as like this one right here, like the the podcast group. Let's just call it the podcast group. They're very like introspective, thinking about the future, thinking just like about like life in general and how they like, want to live. And yeah, actually, you're right. The values the values that you guys have are kind of like bleeding into me too. I'm like learning from it too. And then there's also friend groups that just kind of live in the moment and okay i'm not saying you guys don't live in the moment but they're like more about like not thinking about the future and they just like the fuck around and like do whatever and then i'm also like learning from that group too having their values too so i think having like a blend i have like a blend of like different values from all the the people i hang around with that makes sense sure i kind of want to try something it's like an experiment so i kind of want to walk through couple of the steps that the authors of the book designing your life recommend one of them is to reflect on like four different aspects of your life your health 
your work, your play, and your love, I want you to gauge each one of them on a scale from one through 10. Wait, what is love? Is it like just like your love life, family? Yeah, I guess it's your love life. Yep. Love life okay. All right, give me a sec. This is this is pretty interesting. So is a play, love, uh, work, your health. Health. Okay. Yep. So take about like ten seconds to, or like thirty seconds to think about that. Actually, let's make this a little more interesting. What I want you guys to do is to reflect on health, work, play, and love. Gauge your score on how you're doing. Give me a score on how you guys are faring in those aspects of your life. And then give me a ranking of yeah. importance. Mm, got it, got it. Can I ask a question? Like, what do sure. you mean by play? Uh, I guess like your hobbies. When I mean play, I guess I mean like your hobbies, hanging out with friends. All righty. Dan, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So let's start off with my personal score and how I'm doing. Okay. So for health, I would say eight. I previously said that, you know, health is something I value a lot. Eight, been taking steps to try to go to bed on time to daily exercise. But I gave myself an eight because I'm still not getting enough sleep at night. And also mental health reasons. I feel like um, I can be a little bit easier on myself. So I give myself an eight. For work, I gave myself a six. I'm pretty lazy. I feel like I have a low drive for work. I was I was going to um, write a paper uh, last night, but I just fell asleep because I was like, you know, I don't really care about this. So I gave myself a six. For play, I gave myself a seven. I think I gave myself a seven because I give myself a lot of time to try new hobbies. I recently started playing the guitar again. I give myself a lot of time for my hobbies, so I gave myself a seven. And then love life, I gave myself the worst rating. I gave myself a five because I actually haven't really been actively seeking that out. Uh, I always tell myself 21, I have plenty of time, but maybe it's something that I should start investing more effort into, trying to uh, improve my Instagram game and be more outgoing and putting myself out there more. So I gave myself a five. For ranking from least to worst, it's health, play, love, and work. I don't know if you remember from our first episode, you know, reimagining our relationship with work. I feel like I'm just very against work and um, it just feels kind of rat racy and I don't really value, you know, that, that part of my life right now as someone who's still in college and, and is just afraid of joining the, the workforce. I feel like work is probably something that I value the least. Uh, and then the reason why I put play over love is because I feel like my hobbies actually give me a lot of happiness. Um, you know, it makes me happy to play the guitar or the piano. So that's why I put it over love. Yeah, that's my ranking. That's uh, that's kind of crazy just because my uh, rankings and my scores are so similar. I have to say the only difference was our ranking in like one of the categories. <laughs> but um, I'll go over it too. All right. So um, going with the, the scores for health, I put eight out of 10. Uh, I, I think... Um, I'm eating healthy, getting the daily exercise in, but I could definitely be doing a little bit more in regards of like going to the gym, putting more effort. But I would say I'm pretty healthy right now. I don't know if that's just because of age, but I'm right now I'm in a pretty good state. Uh, going to play, I put seven out of 10. 
just because I know I'm playing a lot. I uh, play a lot of games, go go ball and like do all that. But I feel like I need to find some new hobbies as well. Um, these past few weeks, actually, I've been starting to get bored of games for some reason. It was kind of kind of a weird feeling. It's kind of depressing a little bit too. When I was playing League, I, League of Legends, that's a that's the game I played the most. But when I was playing it, I just didn't get the same joy for some reason. I don't know what it was, but it was it was a sad feeling. So I think right now I'm trying to find some new hobbies other than video games. Going to work, I gave myself a score of six out of ten, just because I could definitely be doing more related to like schoolwork and like career wise. But I'll explain this more on the importance, like when I rank them by importance but i just don't i'm not i'm not putting in much effort and time into work right now but i'm also getting like the like what has to be done so i just gave myself a six out of ten and for love i gave myself a six out of ten as well it's not like i'm actively seeking or anything but i started thinking about it more so i gave myself a little bit of a little bit of a higher score than like a five out of ten just because i started thinking about it's like something i'm starting to worry about too so in terms of ranking Number one, I uh, place most value on health just because if I, if my health is gone, nothing else really matters. Uh, and then number two, I put play just because, I don't know, the, the other things, love and work and life uh, for me, it's not, I feel like life is more about like experiencing everything and um, it shouldn't be like constrained kind of by work or love. And then number three, I place love just because it's time to get a uh, cuffed, you know. <laughs> okay, I don't know about that one, but uh, I, I just I don't know. I, in California, <laughs> David's phone number will be in the description below. <laughs> I don't know. I just I just think that um, I, I feel like it's more important to work for some reason. Work for me is just something that supports everything else. It's like a means of getting money, and it could support like my what I enjoy doing. So yeah, I pushed that last. I mean, when I was going over my rankings for this, um, I realized there was a discrepancy between what I want to value and what I actually value. Now, let me get to that right now. What I want to value, the ordering is health first, then play, then work, and then love. Actually, swap the love and work around the work would be at the very bottom but in reality i think my priorities are very different that is work first then play then health then love okay and let me give you the scores i gave myself for these fronts i gave myself for work i gave myself a nine i think i really give it my all when it comes to like schoolwork I have a lot on my plate and I am willing to sacrifice a lot to get all of the stuff on my plate done. And then after that, my second value play comes next. And in terms of play, I think I'm doing just fine as well. I think I often trade off sleep for work and play. And so this directly affects my health, right? It's not just sleep. It's time for gymming. It's also time for me to cook myself good food, helpful food. And so I trade off a lot in terms of health. And that's why I gave myself a score of five for health. I think there's so much I can do to improve in that front. 
lastly, in terms of love, that's a worse score. I give myself a two, okay? Because I'm not doing anything, bro. I'm, <laughs> there's, I thought about it, right? But that's literally, and that's why I give myself a two. Um, I've only thought about it. I've realized my age. But besides that, I'm not changing anything in my life pattern to do anything about it. And that's why I give myself such a low score. But going back to this discrepancy between what I want to value and what you actually value, do you guys see this discrepancy in your rankings at all? Or is that just me? Yeah, for health, I think um, right now, right now it's good, right? Just because I'm living at home. But once I go back up, I think there's going to be a huge discrepancy just because cooking and finding like time to, to sleep is very different when you're living amongst friends too. So I think once I go back up and live with friends, although my health is ranked number one, I'm pretty sure my play will be scored the highest and then health would be second or third. I think part of my flaw is that I give too much weight to doing work. I don't know what it is. Um, I wouldn't call myself a workaholic. I'm not addicted to doing work. I do find fulfillment and satisfaction when I do get a lot of work done. Similar to the feeling of going to the gym, getting a nice pump and being really satisfied with that. No different. But there are times when I feel as though the letter grade I get at the end of a class it's not even a weight at that point it's just an infinite weight or just it takes precedence over everything it doesn't matter how many hours I sleep it doesn't matter how little I play it doesn't matter whether I'm looking for a relationship or not it's just it just takes a priority and I think it's something I need to work on because right now because I'm in college I'm in a I'm in a microcosm where that is okay but once I get into the real world and I need to have that real world life balance, that's where things can get very toxic. Start losing connections with friends, start getting sick, right? You start right. feeling depressed. And so, yeah. I have an interesting take and I want to see what you guys think. So I want to come up with a definition of happiness based on this mental model that we're talking about. And I want to propose that the definition of happiness is the act of prioritizing like your time and energy into what you find valuable in terms of health, work, play, and love. So happiness is like if you prioritize health and play over work and love and you put all your time and energy into that, but like if you're prioritizing, there's a discrepancy between uh, what you value and what you're actually um, spending your time on, I feel like that would be the definition of unhappiness and uh, like why you feel unsatisfied with your life situation. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's not a bad operational definition. I'm wondering if I apply that definition to my position I'm in right now, how happy am I right now? I guess that's not bad because I do feel dissatisfaction in the current way my life balances. I feel, I think I've mentioned it last time, but I feel as though right now I'm a cocoon and I'm just waiting to emerge as a butterfly and explore different, live my life, you know, 
And so that feeling of my life not having begun just yet, I think is a sign of dissatisfaction with the life I am currently living. And so, yeah, not bad of a definition. John, do you think uh, if you did uh, develop that thing where if you place time, like you actually do what you place more emphasis on, like let's say you say you value work the less, right? Like from your ranking. I want to value work the least, but in actuality, it takes precedence over everything. It governs my life. Yeah, so let's say like you did what you placed your most time on was like your health and play. Mm -hmm. You think like you become like too anxious to do anything though because you're not doing your work? See, if that were the case, then work, my priority on work should be a lot larger. I don't think me saying that, yes, I would feel anxious would break anything in Daniel's definition because it just means that I actually have a higher priority on work than the other stuff, right? Like, so even if my actions say that I'm putting more time into one thing, Mm -hmm. if my true priorities are in work and I am anxious because I am not doing that stuff, then I think it still falls under Daniel's definition of a discrepancy between the hours you're putting into what you actually want to do. I want to propose a second um, second rule. So you said you mentioned like you want to, like you prioritize work the most and that, and that it governs your life. So that would be like what you rank first, right? But then you said you don't want to value work first and you want to value something else first. Mm-hmm. So this will be like my second law of whatever this is called, okay? So I feel like there's there might be a discrepancy between with society values versus like what you value. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a, it's kind of baseline, you know, it's like a, like the general trend of like, this is what society finds valuable. And this is what you should value. Uh, health, work, play, and love have a set value. And then your personal values just don't align with that. They're different. Like you find work more valuable on average than the general baseline. Yeah. I mean, if what you mean by that is that there's a average distribution of values and yeah i don't think you're wrong i think that is inevitably true um i guess i'm missing the point what exactly are you saying how does this subtle average of values affect individual values so like you said like you don't want to value work but Mm -hmm. it seems to me like you find work very fulfilling so you you seem to find a lot of value and a lot of happiness from accomplishing work Mm -hmm. like doing work Mm -hmm. but there is some voice in the back of your head saying you shouldn't value work this much you need to value uh you need to value health play and love more but do you really need to if you know you find work very fulfilling yeah i guess that is an internal conflict that i have i don't know whose value it is when i say that work is valuable to me is that value instilled in me my parents is that something i've grown to learn over the years or is it truly how i am you know you know how you like rank like health as number one mm-hmm. and play as number two and how, how did you get that ranking how did i get that ranking yeah is that like actually you thinking that or like the dance is that like the societal pressures you know when i think about logically health makes sense to be first for me because i mean 
let's just focus on just the health part because that is where the biggest discrepancy happens i think from it being supposed to being number one on my rankings but it's actually number three in my true rankings right so let's talk about that the reason why i have health valued at number one is because just pure logically if i'm not healthy if i'm sick and just like wearing away in a hospital none of the other values mean anything to me right um perhaps the reason why i feel this way right now is because i'm vastly underestimating the score i give to my health it's actually a lot better than i think it is and it's actually not that pressing of a matter i am gymming a lot i am eating pretty well so maybe it's not a pressing matter but i think um it could be that i'm just giving a way lower score than i should be and it just appears as though that i don't give that much as value when in actuality i am actually valuing my health a lot and my score for is pretty high i don't know if that made sense but there's like a reason why you think like that though right like why you undervalued health so much compared to your other ones like is there a reason why you think you're spending the least amount of effort on that like i guess what i'm trying to say is from my own perception i think i'm not putting as much effort into as i think i actually am i guess it's more like i think there's a lot of room for me to improve not not that i don't value as much Mm-hmm. okay got you yeah i feel like it's kind of hard to value health as someone who's young and haven't hasn't had to face the consequences of living an unhealthy life if you don't brush your teeth like at all and then your teeth start falling out 30 years down the line then you'll start valuing health a lot more so i feel mm-hmm. like if we split up this national average and we just look at the demographic between like 18 to 25 or something. I feel like health, the average value of that is valued lower than um, other demographics. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I, I also wanted to mention the third law of our manifesto. I feel like values, they're not static and they're dynamic and they're constantly changing. Who knows? I might not value health as as high as I do uh, ten years down the line. I might value love even more than I do now, ten years down the line. I think your values change based on your experiences and like who you come into contact with. Sure, I like that. It's reaction Daniel It's like the huh? you know three laws of thermodynamics. What, what's the name of this? I wouldn't call these laws because you're you're giving. Oh, they're more like axioms about how things behave. Okay. Like when you say that your values change, that's more of an axiom than a law. It doesn't behave according to a law. You're just saying how things work. And that's more of an axiom than a law. I see. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I did this. I, I realized I do this thing a lot that um, I think Tamer talks about in his podcast where like I correct you know, the, yeah, dude. he talk, He says about like, actually, it's this, not yeah. this. I do a lot of that. But like, I do that subconsciously, because I hope it, like, I'm not doing it to win the smart points, as he mentions, but purely because as a podcast, I want it to be really informative, and not okay. get anything wrong. So I just want to throw that out there. I'm listening to you, Tamer. I hear you. I yeah. will try to control myself. I love that podcast, man. 
Okay, so our second thing that I want to do is I want to build a life compass. Okay, and this compass is going to be dictated by two main views. The first is a work view, and revolves on revolves around how you perceive work and how important it is for you. And the other direction dimension is the life view. Like the philosophical questions about what gives your life meaning. Okay. And so I want you to take about a minute, think about these two dimensions about how you can guide your life and build a compass based on this. Build a playbook for your life based on these two views. What do you mean exactly by build a compass? Yeah, so it just should it should be like let me think it through. Um, I guess it's more like when do these two perspectives clash, right? Does one win over another? Where do if not clashing, where do they complement each other? Because work can be fulfilling in terms of your life's philosophical questions. In terms of like your questions on like work view and life view, some questions that might help you think about this are where do family, your country, and like the rest of the world fit into your life? What is like the role of joy, justice, injustice, love and peace matter in your own life? And then like for a work view, how big of an impact is money in your life, right? In terms of your career, right? Not in your life, sorry. Um, what is good or worthwhile to work for? Like, is good purely based on just money? Like, does it bring in enough money? Or is something worthwhile to work on because societal impact of your work? Does it help other people? And try to find your true north. Damn. This is a heavy question. (laughs) David, you can go first on this one. No, I think I need an example. I'm like not quite getting the question. That's the thing. You kind of want to just like outline how work and life impact your life. Like uh, what role do they play? How do they complement each other? Where do they come into conflict with each other? Yeah, that's the main question. That's- the main question is figuring out where do they clash? Where do they complement each other? And which one is stronger often more of the times? And then the other questions were just, for you to help reason about your answer, right? Like, mm. when does work dominate? Is work only good if there's a lot of money behind it? You know, I really like the message of their book. It's about living a life that is coherent. And I feel as though my life isn't that right now, but let me tell you what they mean by coherent. It's one where a coherent life is one lived in such a way that you can clearly connect the dots between who you are, what you believe in, and what you're actually doing, right? Do those line up? Yeah, that's a, I feel like I haven't really thought too deeply about that. And I think it's definitely worth my time to start thinking about that, you know, as I enter my twenties and leave university. Mm-hmm. Um, Rather than give you an answer, I feel like posing another question is more interesting and it might, might be more valuable to whoever's listening to it. So the work-life compass. So I like to think about work and life 
posing two different questions, right? So I think the definition of work is how many people do you want to impact? And like, what is the scope of your impact, right? So do you want to impact like a small amount of people, but impact their lives greatly, you know, or do you want to like impact, you know, thousands of people? I think you you want to think about, uh, you know, the scope of your impact and like what you'll leave behind when, you know, your story is finished and when it's all said and done for life. I think that goes back to our first exercise. It's what are your values and what do you, what do you find fulfilling in your life? And I feel like if you can answer those questions, you'll have more clarity on like how you should plan your life. What do you think about that? Yeah. It's like one of those questions that help you more logically think about your compass I guess my answer to that is does the number of people matter or is it the like number of people you impact times the impact on each individual people in that population that matters both um both so I guess rather than how many people do you want to impact it's what is the scope of your impact David do you have a number a scope for the amount of people you want to impact Wait, is this just talking about general actions? I'm like pretty just confused about this whole concept, honestly. Like when you think about, you know, work, mm-hmm. you know, you got a you got a job already. You want to think like when I start working and I start my career, when I'm done and like my story's finished, uh, like what do I want to leave behind? And like who who do I want to help? How many people do I want to help? Um, how do I help them? And then you're seeing like um, the number, the scope of people, like the number of people affects which view you choose. Yeah. It's like, you know, like utilitarianism. Okay. Wait, what the number of people you want to affect the affect the view you choose them? Because like you could, you could impact a lot of people with either view, right? It depends on like what you find more fulfilling. It's like, what, what do you value more? That's essentially the question. Oh, then, then what, why did uh, the scope of people come in? Scope, I was referring to, uh, you know, like what I meant by scope is how many people and how do you want to impact them? You know, for like, for example, like Elon Musk, okay, mm-hmm. like he's what, like, you know, what he values is like, you know, changing humanity, you know, or like going to Mars or something. But on the contrary, you know, look at a school teacher and they impact just a few number of kids who, who find like what they did very valuable and it like inspires them. That's what I mean by scope. And then we're trying to figure out um, whether, so I don't know if this will answer your question it's just cause I'm kind of, I'm still kind of lost in the sauce, but <laughs> uh, um, like if, if I did start my career, uh, I think, I think I'll play more into the philosophy view rather than like being focused on like money and career just cause from past experiences, um, like in assignments and tests, even if I did score good, like if I took the wrong approach to it, I don't feel that good. And there's like a sense of guilt afterwards. So if I, if I like parallel that to like work and that scores like money and career, if, if it's not like approached with like the right, with my right, like philosophical mm-hmm. views, then it's it's no bueno. So I think philosophy view over overpowers my work view. Can I interject real quick? So I think I left this discussion slightly hanging. So let's try a more calm free question. Let's attack the work view reflection. Let me give you an example. Yeah, I just found this online. 
Okay. So this person, it's a reflection on her work view. I work because I need to be financially independent, but also because I need to keep myself busy. Work is for exploring a passion and finding new ways to better the world. Ah, excuse me with the knowledge that I have. Work means commitment. and means putting most of your hours of your day into doing something that is productive. Work to me means making the most of the time allocated to me. Um, it keeps me sane. When I'm work, I'm out of the way of others and they have time to do what they need. Working also means improving the world I live in because I'm looking and working towards new ways of making life easy for someone else. It definitely helps to earn some money from the work that I do. And being able to work also allows me to build experience in the field I want to be professional in. It allows me to get to where I want to go. And that means taking every opportunity that comes my way. Okay, so the reason why I think this is a good reflection on work view is because she kind of talks about the different ways her work impact her life, right? She talks about how money is important to her for her financial independence. She also talks about the meaning of work, why it's important to her, because it keeps her busy. It keeps her sane. It also keeps her away from other people when they are working as well, you know? Otherwise, she's going, I imagine her being very lonely because other people are working while she is and she's looking for other people looking out with her. So that, I think that's a pretty good reflection on work do you guys have your own take do you guys accept or reject anything that she says yeah i'll go first so i like when she said i work to become financially independent i think that is something i align with that work is inevitable you might you might enjoy it some days you might hate it some days you might be stressed out about it and then other days you might be excited to work but ultimately i am going to work to support myself right Um, I don't necessarily disagree with her, but I just, I guess I just value it differently where she said, I work to pass the time. And I actually have been thinking about like, ultimately everything that we do is kind of just to pass time. Um, I don't necessarily want to take that life philosophy where I want to work just so I can tell everyone else I'm busy, that I'm not a, a, a waste man or like a, a vagrant. Um, I think it's perfectly fine to, you know, like just do nothing. I feel like there's always something to do. And I think that's why I don't value work as much. I'm only going to work the very minimum amount of hours that I have to work. So I guess that's where I agree and disagree with her. Yeah, I agree with Dan with the passing time part. There, there's so many other things to do with time than work. Like don't don't just work. Like in my point of view, it's like don't just work to pass the time. It's like you can do like hobbies to pass time too. One point I do like about her thing is when she talks about how I think she said she works to help people. Did she say that? Uh yes. Yeah, that's something I strive towards. Right now, I don't think uh for work, it's not something I view as something I could like help people with. But like if I could really like get that get that mindset, I feel like work would become much more meaningful, and I would have an easier time of doing work. I think I'm very superficial. I think work for me, on top of being financially independent, I think work is also important to me because a personal sense of accomplishment. 
that I did something with myself. And that's a purely selfish motive contrasted with working to help other people. No, it's only for me. It's only that feeling of satisfaction that I did something. It's only for me. And I think that's also one of the main drivers. Um, I think the last thing for me, I actually kind of like when she says that working keeps her sane and it is a way to test time and it's kind of weird i hear you guys when you guys say there's so many better ways to pass time but i think there's a let me give you an example my my roommate's dad owns a ramen shop yeah he was a software developer before that he just quit his job and he's just running a ramen shop right now and he did that because he still wanted to work right because he, he's financial i'm sure his dad's financially independent by now let's say he is let's assume he is and he wants to keep working at a ramen shop to keep him busy and to me at first that didn't make sense but he said that yeah he's kind of a workaholic he's addicted to that feeling of doing something meaningful and whatever meaning he finds and in that way it's a way to pass the time because he finds meaning in that yeah i guess that's maybe that's where we differ maybe our definition of passing the time we come from different perspectives like when i think of people who work to pass the time um, this might not necessarily be true for, for all people who enjoy work, but there are people who work just to say they did something, you know, just to signal to other people like, hey, I'm, I'm, I mean this much because I worked this hard. Um, where am I going? I guess there are those people and there's those people who, <clears throat> there are those who want to say that just to themselves. Hey, I did this work only to themselves. They don't care about other people that they did that much work it's only a selfish gain of hey good job today john because you did this much you know yeah hmm. i don't know that's i guess that's my stance you guys don't have to like accept it um i, I um i think the reason why we differ is based on the work we've done our experiences doing work okay so over spring break I got some like part-time work with this uh, doctor who has like a clinic, right? And you know, the type of work that, that like I've, I've seen so far, it's kind of just, you know, very monotonous, um, a lot of paperwork and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, when I think of work to pass the time, I think of work doing that kind of stuff. And I think that is just some of the most draining things. When I think of work, I think of my experience in my, in my biochemistry lab and, <laughs> I just felt so insignificant. I felt like I was just wasting time. And I think that's why we differ in our opinions of work. It's based on our experiences. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it, your experience matters. The reason why your experience matters is because of the vibe you get from work. Like when I think of work, right, from my past experience, I think of building a robot that can revolutionized computational agriculture when i think of work i think of developing an ai that can play some game better than humans when i think of work it typically is associated with something marvelous and i think that's where we kind of our experiences have led us to different 
vibes and stances about work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if that's the source of this discrepancy. Yeah, yeah. I think I um I have some experience like that is not as grandiose as building a robot, but uh, I've I've been tutoring a lot like the last mm. like spring break. I've been tutoring maybe three four kids, maybe like ten hours a week, and I find that stuff really really fulfilling. Like I do that like eight p.m. at night. I'm tired, but I enjoy it. It's something that gives me fulfillment. So that would be like a positive experience of mm-hmm. work for me. Um, but I, I guess I just didn't think about that when we were talking about pastime. Yeah. What about you, David? I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, man, I, I need to experience something like this too, man. Because I want this perspective on work as well. Just because in the past, my work, like like Dan says, it's just like busy work. I don't feel the significance of it. It's just for the paycheck. But dude, if if I was like making robots and like changing the world, kind of, if I had that perspective with my work, I think I'd be pretty down to work. So I just what I'm thinking is I, I just want to experience that right now. And maybe that's the biggest flaw in this education industrial complex. That students, students, and soon-to-be employees can't find that sense of satisfaction and fulfillment in their work because think about that's what work should feel it should feel maybe not to everyone but in the ideal case work should be related to something that gives you fulfillment that is ideal but obviously it's not that's not true for everyone um go ahead i think if i could just find a reason to make my my job like fulfilling Mm -hmm. i think that'd be great because I think some jobs are like in nature are just harder to be fulfilled with. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And that's what I mean in like the ideal sense, right? Like if, if you have a hobby as well, right? Let's say you're playing something that can also turn into a job like streaming, playing professional video games. And I don't know if that's going to give you personal fulfillment in life. I guess this is all to say that work can come from anywhere and it's not that work by itself inherently is a obstacle to finding fulfillment. I'd rather say that um, you just need to find the right kind of work for you. Um, Yeah. I guess moving this discussion along last, like before we hit the big question is like life view reflection. We're all, I kind of want to, don't want to spend too long on this. I kind of want to wrap up our discussion after this. But before we go, let's talk about our life view reflection. So let me wife view. Life. Life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother conversation we can do. <laughs> so on the other side of this compass that I will use to guide my life, this person says that um, she values God, religion, right? He said, she says that he has put each one of us on this earth because each one of us have the ability and responsibility to make this world a better place for someone else. Um, and that our purpose for life should be greater than our own. He also goes on to say that we meet people in our lives because each person has a lesson to teach us so that we may teach others. And we learn because it's the only way to grow, which I think a lot of things... And she goes on to say other things. I want to ask you guys about how 
religion may play in your life view, how your other values outside of work affect your life view, right? Like you value the relate. How big are the relations you make in your life to your values? More philosophical okay. life values, less than just career based. Okay. I don't want to make any um, controversial statements about about uh, religion or like the existence of God on the podcast, but I guess coming from a Catholic household, I really appreciate the values instilled associated with it that you know, I've gained from my parents who have um, received that from like from my grandparents and stuff. Right? Um, they instilled like the importance of family, and I think I still hold that very near and dear to my heart today. You know, I, I value family so much. Uh, I'm still close with, uh, you know, my, my immediate family as well as like my cousins on my mom's side. Um, and the reason for that is because, you know, like we visited them, um, you know, 10 to 12 times a year. And I, you know, I'm still super close with my cousins and like my aunts and uncles, my grandparents. So family is a huge part of what I value. And, you know, that comes from, you know, just generations and the religion and stuff. Um, and I feel like that bleeds into how I view my relationships with my friends and family. When I make friends, I imagine them like as family, you know, I try to maintain contact with them and I want to make friends for, for the long term. That, as I say that, I feel like that's not a very... Uh, fresh take i feel like everyone wants lifelong friends but yeah that's my answer i know it's a very charged and complex question it's just like the subject of religion i don't want to get like it doesn't have to be just about religion you can talk about like like what is good and what is bad in your life right where does patriotism the role of family the role of you as a member of the human race what fall into and it, it, it might not play a role at all and that could be your stance you know like you don't think about that stuff at all and that could be your stance now i'm gonna go with religion because i had something on the top of my head but okay sure. uh being someone raised in like a christian background i do believe in uh god that's the, the father almighty yes sir maker of heaven and earth <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> but not everyone believes in that but a way god has like placed a huge role in my life is uh, i believe that everything happens for a reason and everything is like part of god's grand scheme so although like i might not understand certain things happening at this moment like in the long term it, it happened for a reason and that that gives me a lot of comfort just in life just because even if something goes downhill I could always go back to it thinking like, oh, in the long term, when I look back at it and later in the future, maybe I'll understand, maybe I won't, but there's a reason for why everything happened. So it can, people can kind of view it as like a, like an excuse. I could, I could see it like being like, oh, this happened. And, you know, you're not, you're not, um, you're kind of just like relying on something else, but it's like a, for me, like in my whole life so far, it's been a great source of comfort, kind of. Yeah, I guess for me, this is so hard to ask people our age, you know, like when I ask this question to you guys, I'm not asking like a, 
know all answer. There's no way, and people live their entire lives without knowing the meaning of their lives. But I think what I do know is that I want to be a decent human being. Um, I have these Catholic values instilled in me, and I believe in them. And I want to help as many people as I can through the work. And I guess this kind of leads me to my next question is how these two views interplay with each other. I want to help many people. I feel as though right now I am not in a position as a college student to help as many people, but I will be soon because once I graduate, I have the skills, capital, and connections to do some great stuff for other people. And so I think that is where my work view and my life view align. I think where they don't align is um, sometimes I feel as though I'm doing things for personal status, okay, climbing up the rankings to get a higher paycheck, to do things for myself. That is like, because I want another keyboard or a new desk or I want to buy something from, I buy a fancy car for myself, right? I would say that's where things don't really fall into my life view and that's where it clashes. I think, and in general, my work view kind of dominates my life view when in actuality it should be the other way around. And I'm looking towards ways I can fix this imbalance. Why, why do you want your uh, life view to be like the dominant one rather than your work view? Because I don't think by the time I'm 60 or 70, I'm going to look back at my things I've accomplished guided by this compass purely by work view. I don't think I'll be satisfied, you know. So it's about like your future. You're thinking about your future self. Reflecting yeah, back. yeah. Because I mean, I know that fulfilling my life according to the life view is going to mean so much more in the future. But to me right now, it just feels as though Work view means everything. Got it. So, so what steps are you going to take to um to flip your your priorities? Yeah, that's a really good question, Dang, and that's how we're going to wrap up the podcast later. So, until part two of this topic of designing your life, the playbook for life. So, next time, for next time, what we're going to do is we're going to journal a little bit. Okay. We're going to write down our day-to-day activities and then we're going to rank them on the engagement we felt and the energy we felt during these moments. So let's say this podcast, right? We did this today. It was a day-to-day activity. How engaged was I? How energetic? How motivated was I to do this? And in doing and keeping this journal, what we're hoping is that we're able to gain a sense of which activities are important to us and which are unnecessary, right? For me, let me give you an example. I did this podcast today. I find this very necessary in my life because it gives me a cathartic venting outlet. Yeah. You know, I get to talk to my friends who I don't really get to see outside of normal life. I get to talk to them about my feelings, which I don't really do to anyone at Cornell as much as I do with you guys. So I see this being very engaging and necessary. Um, 
the energy level at which I am required to do it is not very high. I'm just kind of talking to you guys, right? It's not like I'm doing copious amounts of like physical strenuous activity. Um, but yeah, that's one example. Now I want you guys to, until next time we uh, meet up, just keep like a log. It doesn't have to be every day, but ideally jot down something that you did in the day that you reflect on and be like, wow, I did this today and this made me really happy. I talked, I hung out with so-and-so and it made me happy. Okay, why did it make you happy? Because I got to talk with someone. I got to vent with someone. I got to reminisce about old um, memories. So I'm just curious about what you guys find enjoyable in your life and what you guys think was just like, damn, that was so unnecessary for me to do. Like I didn't have to play that extra game of League or I didn't have to play that extra game of Smash. Damn, I'm excited, man. I love... I love this kind of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So until next time, I guess that's what our goal is. I think one thing I'm really excited about is to see the common trends and activities that I thought were engaging and exciting and use that information to figure out things that I like, but I've never actually done it. Right. I think, David, you started out this podcast saying that you've been trying as many things as possible to learn whether you like things or not. Right. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping is by keeping this journal, by finding the trends in what I like, I'm able to infer other things that I also like. Oh, I really liked, um, I really liked, uh, uh, never mind. I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave that us to discover next time we meet. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, insights, guys. Any insights for the week? Yeah, man. So um, on Sunday, I watched this documentary called "The Don Wall." You guys heard of it? No. Okay, so there, it's about these two rock climbers that climbed El Capitan. Uh, El Capitan is like a like large piece of granite that's very hard to climb, right? And they're climbing it. It's in Yosemite. And the story was just so like enticing and like uh, I wanted, to, I brought this up because it kind of relates back to when we talked about story and I found myself like in tears, like by the end of it. And I thought that was, that was insane because I usually, I don't think I'm very emotional, but I teared up, you know, like when he climbed the rock and it was, and I think the reason why it was so good was because of like the conflict he endured and um, like he got captured by like the Taliban or something. And um, he had to like um, kill someone to um, escape and stuff. And uh, he had marriage troubles and stuff. And when he finally climbed it, you know, I was in tears. What is it called? It's called the Don Wall. Don Wall. Okay, I'll check like it out. It's got like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's on Netflix. Okay, so. I'll check it out. How about you, David? Um, like mentioned before in the podcast, the start of the podcast, but I did go to Colorado for a trip. And my insight was, dude, I got to check out some other states, man. Like, they might be worthwhile living in. Because <laughs> until now, I've only been, like, thinking of California, SoCal. Like, even I go to school in um, San Jose area, which is in North California near San Francisco. And when I went there, I'm like, dude, hell no, I'm not living here in the long, long run. I'm going back to SoCal. But, like, checking out Colorado, I'm like, wow, this is actually a pretty sick place to live. Like, it's a potential place. So, my insight was, damn, I got to check out more of the world right now when I have when I have the time, when I'm young. So my, my insight, I guess, is just I, I should not be limiting myself already right now. 
Awesome. How about you? My insight, yeah, my insight for this week is cannabis is legal in New York. All right, with that, thank you for listening to the Undecided Podcast. This was Jonathan Moon, Daniel Lomboy, and David Hong. And we will see you here next week. See you guys Bye-bye. Next week.